0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member FDIC.
1: Welcome in to 11 Personnel. I am Nick Rausch, Uh joined by Adam Luckett, as always. And uh, today I'm bringing, it's, it's been a cloudy, snowy, icy day in Louisville, Kentucky. The cats are losing on the gridiron and the hardwoods. So I'm wearing a Hawaii Rainbow Warriors hat. Look okay, at it. I got to cheer myself up something about it. So, just throwing a rainbow hat on to make it feel like it's sunshine well, and rainbows. Because Kentucky
0: football and Hawaii football have something in common. Vanderbilt has road wins over both. God. at <laughs> it. Nick, uh, you might not remember this, but post-SEC media days, we had a podcast. I came back from paternity leave. And Mm -hmm. I said on that podcast that Vanderbilt is winning an SEC game this year. You said it. Little did my dumbass know (laughs) it was going to go on November 12th against Kentucky.
1: I already had my win total bet cash. Like, they didn't have to go and do that to me. Jerks. Oh, man. It's been a tough week. uh, But it's not as bad because we got some Port Royal plants on us. Uh, Whether it's the Epsom salt bass, the the balm, the salve. Uh, they got you covered with blah, 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 with full-spectrum CBD products that are homegrown. Kentucky Proud right here in Henry County. Just visit them online, portroyalplants.com. Order some today. Give them to your friends for Christmas. That's a nice little stocking stuffer. A little pain-relieving, full-spectrum CBD for your family, for your friends, uh, this holiday season at portroyalplants.com. Uh, look, it, it's been a wild... Uh, we we thought we weathered the storm. We predicted a wild seven weeks or so uh, when November started, right? That was kind of how we teed off the month like this. It's going to be crazy. You thought you weathered that storm with a win at Missouri, and then uh, the shoe dropped on the other foot, and Kentucky lost to Vanderbilt. We've talked ad nauseum about the actual loss, but the kind of – the aftermath has been just as – head spinning at times because we had our first this, this is a new one it's it's a first on my 10 years on the beat we've got a player blaming the offensive coordinator the coach for Kentucky's red zone struggles uh DeKel Crowder is just like yes what's wrong with the red zone is like i don't really know uh, probably I'd have to say the play caller cuz we're getting there we're just not scoring so he he said <laughs> He said the quiet
0: part out loud. Well. Yeah, we uh we started this month with after that Tennessee game, like I said, this is a four-game trial, I thought. Right. One thing you couldn't do in that four game trial is go lose to Vanderbilt. No. Um, and we can talk about the defense if we want, but the offense had a lot to do with them losing that game. Like you gotta score more than twenty-one points against one of the worst defenses in the power five. Pretty and, Nick, if you just, like, okay, they get to the bye week and they get to self-scout and reassess. Three games get, since the bye week, they have been one of the worst offenses in college football. I mean, this is Brian Ferentz's level of offense. You know, oh, we make no. fun of Brian Ferentz. This is what, I mean, 31% success rate, three points per scoring opportunity on 14 trips, 1.55 points per drive, 16 points per game on 4.4 4 yards per play. You take out – you stretch those numbers over a full season. Not only are you in the 100s, you're in, like, the mid-100s. Like, you're, like, in the 115 range. That's how bad it is the last three weeks. And to me, that's it. I mean, that is it right there. You cannot be this bad on offense. I don't – I just don't care who you have on your roster. You have to figure it out. And it's just been bad. And, you know, we hear from DeKell yesterday and – I think that's kind of their problem too. Like that getting out should never happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. But we've seen a lot of off field stuff and stuff off like warning signs, I would say, you know, you've had arrests, mm-hmm. you've had this or that. Uh, Gets get in trouble, whatever. But like, it just seems like they're just not, It's not a tight ship over there. Um, no, things no. got to get in order this off season. And, and, you know,
1: I, I'm not going to blame a ton on DeKal. He's not he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah. 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 He's a redshirt freshman. He hasn't done a ton of media. in a lot of times in those situations, it's just like if you watch the video of the, the, the whole 17 minute video on the KSR YouTube channel, a lot of it's just the same questions. You just kind of change them slightly for the other three people. And he's just not very practiced at doing the maneuvering through media stuff. And Really saying a lot of words without saying anything at all. Uh, if you go back to what Mark Stoop said on Monday, he was doing the dodging and like saying things that mean something, but he's not saying it out loud. The my head is not in the sand. Yes, it is that's, him saying, yeah. "I know we suck at offense, and it can't
0: continue to be this bad." I'm not going to make any knee jerk decisions without thinking things through properly. But I'm not going to put my head in the sand, and he specifically said head in the sand about I would say four to five times. Which is like, hey, just wait till the end
1: of the season. I'm not going to fire somebody before the seasons over with. It's kind of That's my what read it sounds on it. Like, yeah. I don't have my scoop on it, but like I, I just don't know uh, how you can instill confidence in this team where they they clearly are. I don't want to say checked out, but whatever Rich Gangarello is selling, they're not buying. It just – it's not – it's not working. It's just not – it's just not. I don't care how many good practices he says they have. It's
0: just not – it ain't working. It ain't working. Yeah, does not seem like a fit, right? It just hasn't fit Um, for whatever reason. It's hard to believe that they've gotten to this point, but they're getting worse, Nick, offensively. Um, And that's the scary part. Like, how is it this bad? I mean, they've had to have – really in their – I mean, Chris almost single-handedly – Chris Rodriguez almost single-handedly won them that game. Yep. They averaged over eight yards per rush as a team and lost to Vanderbilt and only scored 21 points and didn't have a turnover until the Hail Mary at the end. Yeah. That's bad. Like, the name of the game is scoring points. And, like, we got some (laughs) questions in the stoops on Monday about, like, philosophical changes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he answered that well, like, yeah, there's going to be some stuff they have to revisit offensively Um, what they want to do and how they do it. But like, I I mean, I've always called it playing in the mud, but that's what they they can't get out of. And they played in the mud with Vanderbilt and they got their ass beat, right? You know, and that part of the reason they got their ass beat is because they didn't force the issue and make it a track meet. They sat there and played in the mud and Vanderbilt was just better in the mud that day. They have to get out of that where they can win games, not 21-17, where they can win 42-20. to 20. Like, that Vanderbilt game, they really should have won that game, like 41-24. to 24. Like, bad day on the defense. You know, mm-hmm. defense got some stuff to pr- prove on, but the offense should have had a big day against that defense, and they just didn't. And it's really, really frustrating. How can this passing offense against two passing defenses, Tennessee and Vanderbilt, who have gotten lit up by m- most of their opponents, how are they completing less than 50% of their passes? How are they averaging, you know, less than five yards per attempt? Like, why aren't guys getting open against this? Like, what is going on? Like, why is why is this like this? And I don't know, man. I just don't know what else to say other than that. Like, it, it just feels like now the last two games are meaning. Like, we're just waiting for a change to be made at this point. At least I am. Um, we'll see how Scangarello does these last two games. I just don't see how you can bring them back as is, I mean, it's just been bad, 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 and the fans are rightfully pissed off, and I don't blame them.
1: Sorry about that. Well, the part that for me is to, uh, you know, I don't want to look uh, too far ahead, right, we're one, one game at a time, but that the, the troublesome part is that, even though it's Georgia this week and it's going to be bad, it's going to be ugly, whatever. The the result is you, you just try to get through it as painless as possible. Uh, but Wolf, you can't give your rival an inch or they'll take them out. And yeah. right right now they're trending in one direction and you're not. You're trending in the opposite way. Uh, they've done a good job of keeping them down. And really I think what it all comes down to is just getting, like, just getting one last buy and getting everybody to rally around beating this awful football team, and that that you know Stoops is even even admitted like something's not reaching them this year, and maybe it's because the, of the guys who are are now kind of in control of the locker room, right? Like maybe you know Luke Fortner gone. He he that dude was like a staple there forever. Hard to replace that that sort of leadership, right? Um uh, Wandale Robinson was always praised for his ability to have a workmanlike approach. You know, he wasn't too big to like who, who's leading that room right now, you know, with all those young guys?
0: I don't I don't think like the defense has leadership. That's not a problem. I don't think on that side. The problem is the offense has been so bad that it's just the whole team is just like looking at them, and then you have the kicking game issues on top of it. So everybody's yeah. looking at them like, "What are you doing?" It's just been a culmination or a calamity of errors. It's like a there's a lot of finger pointing too. That yeah. feels
1: like it's happening right now. And, and when you like, got when you got a player calling out like it's everybody's else's fault sort of deal. Like, and, they're all kind of right except for the defense, right? Like, like you could well, point your finger at everybody and there's some faults except for but Chris Rodriguez and the defense.
0: Even the defense figured it out with injuries. Like they figured yeah. out a way to play good football. And the offense just hasn't. It. It's just like the story of the season. They they've just figured it out. Uh like with this offensive line, they can't figure it out. They just for whatever reason and like You know, Will Levis is getting, like, you can see body language-wise, he's getting upset and he's Mm -hmm. screaming and whatnot. People have pointed it out. Um, And he's really frustrated. And he needs to play better. But, you know, he's gotten the piss beat out of him this year. Um, Play caller's not helping, you know. The play calling has not been great. And nothing's easy. Like, I keep saying it. Like, nothing is easy. And I don't, like. Rich talked yesterday about how hard it's been without a mobile quarterback. And I was like, like, since his quarterback's not mobile, I was like, well, you didn't want to use him early in the season when he could run. Like, what are like, and now you want to use the legs? Like, uh, I I just don't want to, like, I really don't want to hear that excuse. Like, you tried to make him a pocket passer, you know, early in the Mm -hmm. season. This is what you wanted him to be. Um, And then you wanted him to, you know, play make off script a little bit, but you didn't want him running around. Well, this is what you got now just, just bad, 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 bad. And then I go back to like, Nick, when we went to open practice spring, we went once in the spring and once in the summer and both times the offense stuck. (laughs) It was just like, you know, well, it's just complicated. There's a lot to learn this, that, or the other. We're like, okay, give them time. But then it's just never clicked, never clicked. Uh, It doesn't seem like there's a rhyme or reason to anything they do on offense. It's just been bad.
1: It's been, it's been really bad. And the worst part is too, is now there's blood in the water. Uh, Kirby smart spoke Tuesday. And we, we've mentioned too how Kirby, he kind of, he does the thing where he's, he's always anxious to talk up Mark Stoops real nice. And it's kind of how Cal would talk about Mark Fox, where it's like, Oh, you're, you're, you're so great. Mark Stoops. Now let me just go beat you about two touchdowns, three touchdowns. And, it's the sort of feeling like you're kind of like me and I like what you're doing, but you're never going to be as good as me. So I'm going to make sure you're here as long as I can possibly help you out. Uh, So Kirby keeps saying nice things about Kentucky this time. uh, You know, he's described the games as a bloodbath. It's always real physical. Um, You know, they're just such a hard nosed, tough team, but he also, the part that's, that's terrifying, I think is that, to make sure his team doesn't take them lightly, he's like they run a pro style scheme, so we're going to show them pro tape. It's like these guys—they know that NFL teams they're going to watch them on tape to see how they perform against an NFL style scheme. So now you've got the best defense in the country saying, "Ooh, this could be a good, this could be a good uh, NFL tape for me if I go up playing ball against
0: Kentucky. Let's just shut them out." <laughs> uh, yeah, I. It's going to be a really good week for a road game. Like, this team staying at home and going to play a game at home um, with Georgia, I mean, fans are going to be upset at the game. It's going to be cold. You're playing this defense. Nothing's going to come easy on offense. It's going to, you know, it's going to get – my biggest worry is if it gets like that Tennessee game where Kentucky's getting backed up, they can't punt, and then we look up and Georgia's just on Kentucky's side of the field the whole game, and then the defense breaks eventually. hmm You know, it's just – it's very worse. Least, I just don't.
1: Even 20, they had Max, right? Max was at least kicking for the Gatewood team, right? He could flip the field, kind of
0: slow their offense down. Yeah. But so yeah, I was, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And so, yeah, I just, it's just demoralizing. <laughs> I mean, <And> that, I, <laughs>
1: your face tells it all. I hope you all are watching the KSR YouTube channel. Like,
0: you go into these games, and they can't score points. It's like – and I asked Mark Stoops about this, and, you know, he gave, like, a coach big answer, but he didn't deny it. Like, it was pretty much asking him, you know, does your defense – are they feeling a lot of pressure, and are they getting, like – you have to, like, keep them in check or keep them up speed because, you know, they're going in these games, knowing if they give up more than 17 points, they're going to lose. Right. And he was like, you know, there's no excuses, but – you know, we well, that is a fact. Like, he kind of was – I can't remember his answer, but he was like, it is a factor. And so – and then the special teams blunders on top of that makes it even worse. It's just tough, man. It's just really, really tough. And Kentucky's young on offense, too. That adds into it. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. – you know, Dan Key and Barry and Brown are going to play a lot of football for a long time, but they probably hit freshman walls here. Um, I think that's fair to expect. And so it's getting through that. And it's just bad. I mean, then you have the Tavian Robinson stuff, Nick. Like he was liking tweets
1: saying, yeah, that he needs to get more targets. About, yeah. You
0: know, whatever. And I can't, for him, I don't, I don't, like, I would be upset too. Like you were so, like, he came here to play for someone else, right? Like yeah. he came here to play for Liam Cohen. Mm-hmm. And the offense has changed. And it's just been, bad. you know, I feel for Levis too. Because um, he was, Came here to play for Cohen. Now he's got this guy, um, mm-hmm. Rich Gangarello, and it's just not working at all.
1: And like, what Levis are
0: we four-hour four <laughs> offensive meet? Four-hour offensive meeting with Mark Stoops Sunday. How do you think that went, Nick?
1: Oh, I'm sure it was all sunshine and rainbows, just like my my rainbow warriors hat. Um, I mean, in Levis too. He's been through this offensive coordinator turn before. He knows that this dude is like it's just not. It's not working. Yeah. Like <laughs> you can see it. So um it's uh it's been bad. So like one thing I do think we do well, because really, like how how, how much are we gonna preview the George damn good at football? Rob Bowers is gonna like we this,
0: talk, this week it's not it's not even about the Georgia at all. Which is sad
1: because going into the season, this could have been a lot of fun. Yeah, you, know? you get
0: number un, undefeated number one team at your in your house in November. Um, With a team that was supposed to be top twenty, good. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. Um, And then I get to thinking, like, what if Kentucky came out and played one of their best games and lost close? I think that would just make people mad. Like, well, where was this all year? You know, you know, like it's just been a slog of a season. It's just been nothing but disappoint, very disappointing, like the whole year. It was like just a huge disappointment.
1: It's uh, it's on the decline. It's sliding down. Um. And as, uh, as you're saying that too, uh, some dude just that that works for a ticket broker is emailing like, yeah, here's some data that you can use. Uh, the price of tickets is sliding down. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but it's, it's going to stink. We'll be there. We'll get through it together. Um, kind of like, uh, Andy and during COVID, we're all going to get through this together. Um, but one thing that I do enjoy about this show is we like to get big picture. We like to think three steps ahead, even if it is projecting our brains out, it's just fun. So, look, let's have some fun, shall we? Who's next? Who's next after Coach Rich? There's a, there, cause, cause like we're, 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 we're getting our ducks in a row, right? To have things in order for when the inevitable happens. Um, and you're looking at a situation where the hardest part about projecting what's next is going the pro route inevitably is going to put you behind the eight ball if you want to go back to a guy who's in the NFL right now. It just was. They're probably not going to want to dip midseason. Uh, last time Stoops took his time and just kind of kept everything together and had Grant, or uh, excuse me, Vince call plays. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't have an OC until Liam was hired in what? Late January. They they were playing uh, in the playoffs when he did his introductory press conference, right? Yeah, but they
0: were able to hire him before, like, like he was in place while they were still in the. It was like right at the end of the NFL regular season. But it was after the signing period, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Here, let's do a quick Google search. Here, Kentucky hires Liam Cohen. Which God? That's December fifteenth. So it was right oh, around. Okay. So yeah.
1: so it was in a timely fashion. Okay. So it is at least doable. But that is that is one part of the puzzle that does complicate things is the NFL schedule being ongoing, and also you're fifty fifty on those hires, right? You had a home run, and then look where you are now. You four offense coordinators in four years. So does Stoops even want to go that route? The other one is like like that. That's a big question that
0: I don't know. I I just, I, 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 no idea. Well, Nick, I've got 15 names written down. Ah, on my little hot board draft list. Okay. A mixture of college, NFL. I think, regardless, here, Power Five experience is going to be a must have if they do move on. Um,
1: that Stoops puts that at a priority when hiring, which made like getting uh, Collins in the secondary was a little out of left field, but his hand was kind of forced at the time um, because of the timing of it, right? When clink left, but yeah. Oh, but very even he wor- Stoops hiring outside of power five.
0: But even he worked with a staff that was a bad guys, a lot of guys that came from the power five. True. Like Cohen in Really, Brad White was different, too. Um, but I guess he played Wake Forest, so he had some. Um, but Cohen some and reference. Scangarello just had none. And I think yeah. Cohen kind of – I think that was – took him some adjustment time. I think he did a good job adjusting. I wonder if Scangarello really knew what he was getting into here. Um, that's just me thinking. It just seems like the job was maybe a little bit bigger than he thought it was going to be. Uh, the comments about, like, how every game's life or death kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, they I pay you. They're paying three – you're making $3 million over three seasons because they want you to score points and win games. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, some of those comments he's made over I, – I just wonder if he really I, – I don't think I, – I just don't – I don't wonder if he really knew what he was getting into. And I, In some of his comments, like, he's walked back now. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the season, I just don't have to think he uh, he underestimated the, what stakes,
1: like, the style, uh, the, the is, defenses, the way that you have to operate, just play calling, organ, like that, that where you can't just talk it into somebody in the microphone. Like there's some very yeah, fundamental stuff, like things that are different that it, it felt like it's yeah, taking them a long the time.
0: I just wondered if he underestimated all that. Uh, It's a big – like, NFL's different, but this is still a big brand of ball. (laughs) You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like, this is a big deal. Um, And so I think Power 5 experience is going to be really important here. And so uh, the first name I really thought of as soon as – two names I really thought of as soon as this opened um, was Dan Mullen.
1: Ooh. Brian Hartline. See, and those are – we brought up Mullen last year. And – you know, still felt a little too fresh for some. I think, but dude, dude can call some plays, right? In this league, yeah, been there, done that. Coast He's done that at like Mississippi State is kind of the Kentucky of the West, right? Like,
0: either, he had the number one for a long time. And the number one thing with Mullen is, like, we all know Stoops wants to run the ball, play ball control. I mean, that's what he did at Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's another, like, hey, coach guy, the one thing with Mullen would be if he tried to just come in and run the show, you know, you would have to be careful. But if Stoops would be willing to just totally get out of that offensive room and say, you run it.
1: That that could be a very good thing, for a very healthy thing, is to just say, all right, get out of the way and let him run the whole show. And
0: another key cog here, why I think Mullen would be very interested in this job, he gets to take a swing at Florida, Mississippi State every year at, <laughs> if he's calling plays at Kentucky. Oh. Like it's gonna be very attractive for him if they want to go get him. Mm-hmm. Now it's if they want to do and Mullen potentially could bring his offensive line coach in here, which is another selling point if you moved on from Yenzer. Yeah. And, and I want people to like I people talk about this sometimes is like who can we get? We have to like hire some rando. Like this is not this is a competent SEC football program. They can go out and get coaches. Dan Mullen cool. is a seamless ESPN personality right now.
1: He's I, doing action games and like he, studio work.
0: If Steve comes to him and he thinks he can find a quarterback there, he's coming. He's gonna take this job. It's a great opportunity for him to go and kick Florida's ass, go win in Starkville, and then potentially get a head coaching job. If he doesn't do this, he's gonna go have to go. Be a head coach at Temple. Um, <laughs> that's true. Go ask Mike Stoops what's the difference between being a defensive coordinator at Florida Atlantic, being a defensive coordinator at Kentucky – or being linebackers coach at Kentucky. It's just different, you know. It's a different level of ball. Um, that's all I'm saying. I just think if they wanted well, him to do that, I think that's a potential opportunity. So and he could, start, he could be here tomorrow.
1: Here, Here is the – The point I made on my radio show earlier this week talking with uh, my pal TJ Walker, he's just like, you know what? I want somebody who has proven that they're a competent play caller at the power five level. If that's what you want, there aren't a lot like that. That's a very small, there's just not a lot of them, right? Yeah. Mullen is one of them who's also very available and probably doesn't want to be in Toledo in the snow on Tuesday nights in November. Like, Whereas like a lot of these other guys, in order for Kentucky to be an attractive enough job for them, yes, it's going to pay more than most, right? Like Brad White's making 1.5. You can pay your offense coordinator more than a million dollars a year. But they're probably going to have some sort of knock against them. Because if you get to Brian Hartline, Brian Hartline is one of the most well-respected non-coordinator assistants in all of college football right now. But the knock on him, he's never called an offense. Like you, he might stink at calling offense. But yeah, it, the way they think he can, they they think he can end up being like oh, maybe the prodigal son comes home and replaces Ryan Day. But yeah. they want to go see if he can call plays somewhere first. You think he can, but you don't know if he can or not, right? And he's also been in the Big Ten with Ohio State. Ohio State's playing a different sport than everybody there. You're not do you're not getting those same advantages calling plays at Kentucky. So. The one thing about Mullen that makes me like him so much, uh, not only would he be hilarious character in press conferences, but because he just knows what it takes with the resources at this level that that very, I mean, almost nobody else on this hot board of yours
0: will will have. And another important thing for me here, Nick, they need to value QB run, like they need to use that as a weapon here. Um, if you want to play the way Stoops does, you need to be able to run the quarterback. Um, a way to help out a bad offensive line is a quarterback that can move around and run the ball. They last two years, Cohen and Gangarella really wanted nothing to do with it, right? Yeah. And that was, I think, that was a mistake. I, we talked about it on this podcast last year with Cohen. He needs to run the quarterback. Um, he adjusted, and then Rich could not. He should have been like that from the beginning, but he wasn't. And then he got, and Levis got hurt, and it came off the table Too late. But you have to like for Kentucky to do that, especially if they want to play the way Stoops plays. You have to take advantage of QB run. You just have to, and you even see in the NFL now, Nick. They're they're leaning into it, right? You know, Josh Allen runs around. Lamar Jackson, obviously. obviously. Jalen Hurts might be the front runner for MVP. Um, his legs are a big, big key to that offense. Big ham hocks. So, like, they just I think. That, that needs to be valued more here, and you need to have a coach that is going to be willing to do that. I think that was a mistake here these last two years. And so, like, Heartline, he's a risk. He's going to cost money, but he's, like, he's got John Summerall energy. He's going to get you players. Mm-hmm. Like, he might be able to bring one of those highlight State quarterbacks with him down here. That's a good you point. Because if
1: if the quarterback is certainly has to be a part of the equation. Right.
0: Yeah. You, no, you got to get a guy that can get, you know, you think you can get quarterbacks. Part of this, I'm sure part so, of the
1: interviewing process would be all right. So, who's your quarterback that you're bringing? You know, the quarterback you think
0: you can get here immediately. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because um, I'm sure having this quarterback in January would also play kind of need that. Whereas, like Cohen, we could at least believe that. Bo Allen and Joey Gatewood were having a competition like, you know, to, to to hold off on getting Levis here until the summer. You really, no offense to Destin Wade or Kyle kind of Sharon, but you, you lose pretty much a whole spring if you don't have your guy already there ready to rock and roll. Yeah. And a lot of guys that we kind of look around at might be wanting to get their own starting position at Alabama or Ohio State uh, in the spring. They might think that they can win out of competition or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, then not – yeah, I mean that's going to be a big process, but like proven Power Five court like play collar is just going to be hard. Like that's hard for anybody to find. Yeah, that's a it's a difficult box to check. But
1: Dan Mullen <laughs> can do it, and you know, you know what, Lex Train can do like it. They can get your ass to the football game this Saturday. Every Saturday, one doll hair to and from a variety of places around town. LexTrain will help you skip the traffic this fall. Game day shuttles to Kroger Field. Routes run through UK's campus, downtown Lexington, and will take you straight to Kroger Field for only a buck. You can park at the Transit Center, park at KS Bar. You can park at a lot of places. Just don't pay a ton for parking or getting around transportation. LexTrain, take care of it for you. Visit LexTran.com today.
0: And one other thing I will say, like, they may have some flexibility here with Scott Woodward he could slide and go coach quarterbacks now if you do that 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 the new play caller would have to be really comfortable with him mm-hmm. doing that um but that might that might open up more candidates um, for you that way if you were to do that so that that, that is that is an option Um, uh, but also like having if you assume Kentucky moved on from Scangarello, I would assume they would also move on from Yenzer, potentially. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. That's a, that's big that a new play caller could bring his own O-line coach in there. Um, it's significant, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, they, there's, a, there's a lot of options here. But Before um,
1: we get to more options, there's one I want to mention that a lot of people have asked about that I just don't think is an option, and that's Neil Brown yeah uh, he is not on the list the ad got fired at West Virginia and he had a nice win over Oklahoma but it's just not it's not going well I saw where he has a 20 million or 16 million dollar buyout though yeah oh, good one him great agent working right there but their ad got fired it's just not looking good I know that we we liked having Neil Brown around UK 10 years ago but Offenses have changed since then. He fired himself from play calling duties this year, and the offenses at West Virginia have never really, for for being uh, a, a a league where there's a lot of scoring, his his teams have not done a ton of that over the years. So I just doesn't feel like it would. It just feels like you're you're going down a a, a path to nowhere good.
0: They were. The offenses usually rank below Eddie Grant's when he was here at Kentucky. And If you got frustrated with the offenses then, that was kind of they were having lower output than that.
1: Now, granted, he was dealing with much different levels of personnel, and he was getting a lot out of it, but
0: still was. not But good. even at Troy, Nick, his offenses struggled. They were middle of the league. I mean, when they beat LSU, it was like a it was a low scoring game. Yeah, like, you know they've I mean, won with defense. Um, Neil would probably ultimately was the bad thing for he had to fire his defensive coordinator with coning like
1: because ra- racial stuff or whatever happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then
0: yeah. I think their defense finally slipped up and that was now you see what we're seeing where he's he fixed the offense, I think, but it was just too a year or two too late. And so mm-hmm. So yeah, I just the the results haven't have just not been good enough for me, in my opinion. So you yeah, have you have to I don't think that can that's an option here.
1: What's um I know we, we don't want to get into all 15 that that that's unnecessary. It'll when it goes live, it'll go live. Is there any kind of fun um off the wall candidate though that might get some folks intrigued I'm sure Dan Mullen will get enough
0: people fired up, but well yeah, why don't you text cousin Brian right now and see if he's heard anything? I, bring bring brown home you know me i'm all on the bring Brom home train
1: i still like as much as i would love that from a personal standpoint i just can't see mark Soup's ever hiring somebody that hasn't been on an offense that's ran the football um i mean they yeah. had some dude before they went and upset illinois there was some dude saying like hey, jeff needs to fire himself and hire his brother because they're they can't they can't <laughs> they're running the ball to go on you gotta run you can't throw the ball to go on it's like Jeff Jeff Braum's gonna throw three passes from three yard line. That's just what he does. Like, you know. Um, but it is it is sick and twisted though. Like, uh, like it would be nice if Jeff's offense could merge with Stoops' defense. Chris Rodriguez, that'd be fun. Um, Purdue, though, low key, might sneak their way into the Big Ten championship
0: game, though. So yeah. There was a mock to today, too, for Purdue, Kentucky in the Tampa. Block quest. That'd be fun.
1: I would have the time of my life that week. Yeah. Um, um, that would he be fine. would probably be doing the thing like in Damn Brahms. They'd be doing the like, oh, is this, is this reporter or, you know, like the whole trying to like play coy with me. It's like, I, I don't care. Like it's, <laughs> this, which by the way, man, we talked about sad, potentially sad bowl games. Yeah. There's going to be some, that's going to be a, a, a game unlike any other I've covered. Just what Saturday? No, the, the whatever ball game UK's in. Like who's gonna play? What's it Oh go- yeah. Who knows? That's gonna be uh
0: that's gonna be something. I I, I think I, I, where where I'm at right now is I'm hoping for Vegas. At least give us a couple days in Vegas. Maybe play a good opponent. Because my be big thing
1: time. is that like you when you go into these ball games, there has to be some sort of like rallying like some sort of common cause that you're rallying the team the fans and everything around and if you don't beat Louisville then it's just going to be impossible for Stoops to pull something out of his ass like I just don't I don't, no idea what it's going to be so that that that's what's going to make uh bowl season weird I do love like I, I love me some bowl season though did you see that uh Cheez-It went ahead and bought the citrus bowl too so like they just have all of the
0: Orlando bowls now they a had of they Jesus had eight trillion cheese it packets in that press box. Oh, so many! Um,
1: oh gosh. Now, I, what, what's Vegas sponsored by? What's the Vegas Bowl sponsor? I you am not sure. sure.
0: I'd have to look that up.
1: I know the. Uh, I think it's funny that the L.A. Bowl they're playing. Uh, it's the Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel L A yeah. SRS distribution. So it's like some uh yeah. freight place. So we're, yeah, we're not getting anything out of that. That stinks. But Vegas would still be fine. Uh either way, that's that's gonna be something. Uh Bucket. Are there any other high points you want to hit on? Because I am admittedly my wheels are spinning because it is uh it is a depressing time for the Kentucky football program demoralizing was a word you used earlier. It's going to get ugly Saturday at the Crow, Um, but we might have ourselves a coaching search to entertain ourselves with
0: uh, in the meantime. Along with signing day, along with the transfer portal transactions, along with maybe an, another opening two on the staff. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Like, I just I'll be interested to see like the targets that come out from this and who like Stoops kind of goes after. Um, I think it could go in a, numerous different directions. Um, so we'll see. You're just going to have to see how it plays out, but it's going to yeah. be very important, very important hire. Um, and I'm just – do you think there's any way he would move on after the Georgia game?
1: Oh, I like kind of uh, – we're just going to keep Rich around to eat the Georgia loss and then we'll – We'll get we'll get right. something different for the Governor's Cup. I could I could see that being a tactical kind of move. Eat the Georgia loss. Get rid of Rich to try to get the team fired up
0: for the Louisville game. Yeah, I and then turn Eddie Grant loose.
1: Oh man, Wildcat! Like we never like we never left.
0: Well, I've been joking. If he if he if they give Grant, if it's within reasonable distance, he's getting Chris that rushing record. <laughs> over the last two games if he if he's holding the play sheet i'll I'll, i will say that i would assume they would go to him um who knows what they would do so yeah i mean i don't know i i'd I'd be interested to see um because i thought there was a very good chance we could have had a dismissal this week either way we're looking at some
1: sundays of work ahead you know i I, I mean I, I, i got seven hours of red zone in last weekend just to get myself get my fix while i could Last week very much felt like a,
0: somebody's got to go after this kind of game. Uh, it's usually but what it, happens when you lose to Vanderbilt. But it did somebody's come, so go. Uh, it'll be – But I guess they can kind of hide next week because it's Thanksgiving too. It's true. So people aren't going to be online as much. So there's that. So I guess we'll, we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Um, which which reminds us, uh, probably going to have an early 11 person next week. Thanksgiving holiday, we'll give you something uh, – to listen to on the road on Wednesday, I'll be driving Wednesday for Thanksgiving holiday. So, um, man, great it's Thanksgiving, such a great holiday. Um, we get and the I know, like it, we're we're football guys, but the other football, we'll have a little USA World Cup to sprinkle in with our Feast Week and our other football. This is going to be super mega Sports Week, unlike
0: any other. Yeah, one of the best of the year, I would say. Sports weeks just in totality. Of everything going on, I do need to bring up though that
1: Tower uh, wrote about it today. All of the the back to back bad basketball and Kentucky football losses. There's potential for uh, an historically bad streak here. Yeah, I mean, there's there was some stinkers in there that she mentioned, but you could have Vanderbilt football, Michigan State basketball, Georgia laying the smackdown on the football team, Gonzaga basketball, and then Louisville football losses all within two weeks. That's five just I-can't-believe-this-happened kind of losses in a 2 weeks span that can just really deflate a fan base. So I would love to
0: be wrong. Yeah, I, <laughs> down in the dumps, fan base right now. And, you know, it's not going to get any better Saturday. We're going to look back, Nick, the South Carolina made about home games. And how did they let that happen? Losing as a top 25 team at home. Like, so how, how did they let – Like, you literally played three top 15 teams. You lost all of them. That's fine. But you literally should have went nine and three. How did you let that and those two happen at home? Like, how did that ha- – Like, when Suits comes back and looks at the season, how did I let that happen? It's just very, very frustrating because then if it's you're 9-3, you know, well, if you go 9-3, and three, everything's still on the right – you're still probably going to Tampa, right, because Ole Miss has a tiebreaker over you. Mm-hmm. But everything's – in you, you're pumped for this game. This is the most disappointing part that that at least, like – it's number one undefeated Georgia, and you had what you thought was a top-20 team. So this game should have at least had some strong buzz going into it. Now there's zero. No one even cares about the game. It's more of just what's going to happen cover. after the season.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I, all the Kentucky fans are going to be holding Georgia tickets at this game. They're going to be mad at each other, probably. You know, I, I just, I, it's uh, not a great place to be right now. And it just feels like you just need to end the season, and then it gets you're in the danger zone next week. You got to win that game. If not, things could get really, really ugly.
1: Stuff we're in a tough spot, but we're gonna we're gonna power through uh, throughout this tumultuous couple weeks following the Kentucky football program. Stick around with us wherever wherever you get your podcast, wherever you watch us. We appreciate you following along with Eleven Personnel all season long. For Adam and I'm Nick Rush. So long. We'll see you next week right here on Eleven Personnel.